Frank, all of my life, I always thought that there was one type of JSON, which was JSON. You know, like the JSON that we use every single day. You know that JSON, right, Frank? <laughs> you mean the one that if you put the comma in the wrong place, nothing works? That one? That's correct. That's the JSON that we all know and love. It's like, it's kind of like YAML, but more squigglies in there. <laughs> <laughs> do you, okay, okay. This is dumb, but we have to do it. YAML or JSON? Ooh, well, what am I doing? Mm. <laughs> configuring something because all we do as programmers is configure something you know we were talking about bicep files the other day which is kind of more json-y type of feel and i felt as infrastructure for code that made a little bit more sense because i'm a curly braces type of developer i like <laughs> clear indications of when things are starting and stopping and i sort of feel like with yaml I mean, and this could be different for you because you're an F-sharp developer and your indentation is important to you. So for me, YAML is like going back in time because these indentations make sense. And I was like, I don't know, just why yeah. do I have this arbitrary requirement of parsing this data that feels gross to me? But that that's my opinion. <laughs> I only don't like YAML because there's usually like two different ways to do the same thing and I can never remember either of them. <laughs> and so I just make a mess of it. Anyway, I sidetracked you. Uh, uh, there's a JSON. Yeah, well, I mean, there, everyone's got their subformatted JSON. Like JSON's just the flexible bag of stuff and <laughs> data. It's just a big data blob. Yeah, it's just a big blob of data. But did I, I little did I know that there is very specific formatted types of json including one called geojson Ooh, geojson i know that one you know i love maps right you know that about me well one holiday hack that i've been doing is doing some maps and it harkens back to the original mapping days where you were creating um maps for buses i think in in seattle if i remember correct yeah that was my first big mapping app where I did uh, vector-drawn streets and vector-drawn buses with a real OpenGL 3D renderer, that kind of stuff. Uh, that one did not use GeoJSON, though, but I've since written uh, just toy <laughs> mapping apps that absolutely do use GeoJSON that are still uh, vector-drawing apps. But you know what happened is uh, Apple released their newest version of Maps, and it's ridiculously good, the 3D view and everything. So oh. I've just kind of given up writing my own maps, at least for a little while, until I come up with something better. Well, I stumbled upon GeoJSON because, again, I'm not really in this realm of, of Geo, right? Ge Geographic JSON is what it stands for. But I recently was out skiing, doing cross-country skiing, and I have an app, which we've talked about, which was last year's holiday hack. And um, I... Now people have it and they're skiing with me and they're giving me all the feedback under the sun and they really were complaining about not having interactive maps because I didn't have time to do it last year because that's a pretty big commitment. Mapping is not easy necessarily unless you know what you're doing, but I never played with maps. So I'm like, that's a big commitment. So I will just do with what I know. And I, I was very happy with the outcome and doing stuff, but even myself, I'm like, I really need maps. I need my geolocation. I need this stuff. I can, I can do it. And there is a interactive map that they have on the website, but it's really terrible on mobile and it just doesn't work offline and all these other things. So I started diving through. And the first thing I did is I said, well, instead of using maps, 
you know, what if I just took this website, saved offline and embedded it <laughs> into the, into the, into the app and did that. I, I tried everything and, and I was, I came up, I'm like, I just need to do native maps. But through that experiment, I found a JSON file and that JSON file had a bunch of JSON in it of all of the points and features and information. And at this point in my development uh, landscape here, this is a long story, Frank, sorry. During, I, I, I see. <laughs> during, yeah, during this, I was like, oh, here's some cool JSON. This is exciting because I see that there's some points and these things called line strings. There's just a bunch of coordinates which have the coordinates backwards for some reason. I don't know what's up with that. Um, I, I'm a latitude longitude type of guy, not a la mm -hmm. longitude latitude type oh, of God, individual. I hate, I hate trying to remember which one goes in which order. And I'm looking at this GeoJ. I'm sorry, I'm just interrupting you now. And the coordinates, I don't even, I, I don't know. What, what What is the order again? X, Y. Okay. <laughs> Okay. It's longitude, longitude, latitude, longitude, latitude, not latitude, longitude. <laughs> okay. Long so got it. The, okay. It's, sorry. Keep, please yeah. continue. <laughs> so it's the reverse of what you would type into Google, which is it's highly upsetting in every regard. Uh, and, but it's very fascinating to me. So I'm like, oh, cool. This is JSON. So I, uh, I'm pretty excited about this and I get everything, um, you know, going and I start to go to, you know, JSON to C sharp.com and I like type it in. And it gives me some objects back, but they are like not correct uh, at all. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's because I'm looking at it and it's like very, it's like, it doesn't know, right? It's just like kind of guessing at stuff. There's like geometry, but there's like a list of objects and this other stuff. And it, it's because there's these things that are called types and there's like, this is a line string. This is a polygon. This is a point. And then there's a set of coordinates and those coordinates can be a, a, a multiple arrays of, of things inside of them. So it's almost impossible to deserialize this just by taking the GeoJSON and shoving it into JSON to C sharp, because that's a special type of JSON. It's GeoJSON. And this is an open standard. Uh, so if people already know this, I'm so sorry, but this was out there. It's been out there since 2015, 2016. It's a standard uh, out there. It's a GeoJSON format. I guess it was from 2008, and there's newer versions of it, I should say, so I apologize. But basically, it's really cool. I, it's nice because there's like types and everything's a feature. There's a type of geometry, and then there's properties. And my favorite part is like it's a property bucket. It's just you put anything in there. So just there's names, there's this, there's whatever you want. Uh, you just put whatever you want in there. But it's really nice because it says, well, you're going to be doing very specific things like a point, a line string, which is like drawing lines, polygons, multi points, multi line strings or multi polygons. And it basically defines in this format a way of drawing them. And the the, the Wikipedia page uh, is fantastic because it gives you the type, an example and what it looks like. So this is really cool because you start to realize that you're seeing a bunch of points on a map, but you can have like all these multi points that all sort of are multiple arrays of arrays of points on a map. And it is mind boggling and super duper cool. So the ski maps, for example, use multi line strings and multi line strings are multiple lines of a string. So if you were you were stringing together lines, connecting them up, like if you were going on a run, um, there's multiple of those, though, because um, specifically on the ski area, there's, let's say a loop 
And one part of the array of the string defines uh, one part of the circle. Uh, let's say if it's a, it's a kind of a, a circular shape for the, the trail, but there's multiple of them because for a section of them, for a section of it, it might have different properties because different difficulty. So like, uh, for example, there's a six mile trail for cross country skiing and two miles of it is easy and the rest is, is uh, uh, intermediate. So there's multiple, you know, things in here defining the difficulty of it. So I'm just like mind blown on this. And I'm learning all of this, this whole week, all I did was learn about GeoJSON. I learned all about maps. I learned about drawing maps. I learned about features. I learned about feature property buckets. Um, and then I learned about tap events and getting features. And I learned about, you know, just all this crazy things. And I, at the end of the day, I have a full blown interactive, interactive map with all of these points. Like it has like 30 different trails on it, different colors, different schemes. You can tap on them. They're color coded. There's points and there's all these really cool things. And I feel like I just barely tapped the surface. And I don't know if anyone's ever doing mapping stuff like this thing is like, it's just mind boggling. It's like, it's so cool. And then there's my end of my rant, Frank. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I will cover everything that you covered. I, I have a counterpoint to all of it. Okay. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I do like the, uh, yeah, the difficulty with parsing it. Have you ever used uh, uh, Newtonsoft JSON? Uh, they do actually have ways to key off of properties and to inflate different data types. Uh, so like you said, there's a, a type like a feature and a geometry has a type like a polygon or a line string and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the JSON uh, deserializers can handle that stuff, actually. So you have a fighting chance at making all this actually work. But yeah, it's a complicated format. Uh, it's been a while since I looked at it. Uh, all I kept thinking while you were talking, I'm like, oh, this is the SVG of drawing on the planet. <laughs> it is. It's, it's the same thing. You're just, yeah, you're saying like, here's, here's some coordinates, fill a polygon here, do, do this, do that. Where I first encountered it was uh, OpenStreetMaps. Do you know that one? Yes, and that's what I'm using inside of my, uh -huh. uh, my application. Yeah, so they can uh, export. I don't know if they natively support GeoJSON, but there's certainly a million converters out there to take their data and convert it to GeoJSON. And it was funny, the problem that I was having, uh, OpenStreetMaps is wonderful. There's an API, you can query it for all sorts of details. The one thing it's not good at is water. <laughs> I don't know if you're doing water in your map, but uh, if if you have, like, let's say a giant lake with a canal connected to it that cuts through a, a geographic area, uh, getting that polygon of the water to be a renderable polygon is actually kind of difficult. So I was actually paying for a service that was issuing GeoJSON just for water <laughs> oh, wow. because they had gone through and actually cleaned up all their data and things like that. I just thought that was a little bit funny. So, yep, big format, buddy. Uh, okay, what are all the things? What are you drawing in spe specifically? So I, I have it pretty lucky. Like I have the GeoJSON like embedded in this web app for the ski area that someone made a while ago is all the GeoJSON data. Now it's the coordinates are clean, but the descriptions, the labels, the information is not clean. So I had to clean that up manually. And I think, I don't even think it was in 
JSON. I think it was in um, XML or no, it was, it was it was something weird, and I like use an online converter to convert it into GeoJSON. Uh, so. Yeah. It was some weird uh, format in in general. It was, oh, is the GPX. It was a GPX file. So that's standard. That's just a GPX file. Yeah. So I took the GPX file and then I transformed it into a GeoJSON file uh, in general. And I then tried to you know, deserialize. And like you said, you can totally do it, but there's a lot of objects and it yeah. can't necessarily know those objects because some of these things are just strings. So... Um, because the format and unlike a normal thing where it's like, this is clearly a monkey and there's like a you know monkey thing, it's sort of generic in a way. So there are these helper libraries and there's two, there's a geojson.net and I'm, um, which, which I use, which is cool. And then there's another one called net topology suite.io.geojson. And what this does is what you had just said is it uses newtonsoft.json in this case, and I'm sure you can use other deserializers, but in this case, that's what it's using to uh, predefine all of the objects that you need. So you can think of it as, you know, there are already generated classics that know the standardization of the format. So you take a GeoJSON file, you shove it in this deserializer that's made for this file type. Um, what's that thing in F sharp called that, that, that does it, the that would be a discriminated union. If you're using like the different types, like, you know, points versus polylines versus mm -hmm. polygons, things like that. Yep. And it figures it out all for you automatically. And it dumps out a whole thing called a feature collection. And you have a whole bunch of features, which are all these different things. And you can then start mapping them on. And I am using uh, open open maps, but via MapSui. MapSui, which Maps is MapsUI, I like to call it. You know about MapsUI? <laughs> Maps no, I don't know that one. What do you what, tell me? What is it? Okay. MapSui. And that's what I'm Pretty sure it's supposed to be called. Uh, I'm now a financial backer on, okay. on GitHub of I'm this. Scared. I donate okay. a few bucks a month because it's amazing. And what's really cool is that the one of the most popular apps built with Xamarin that um, was really, really popular when uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild came out, which is the Breath Companion, uh, that developer was using my in-app billing library and we were going back and forth and uh, I didn't know that they were using Map MapSui or MapsUI, as I like to call it. And MapSui, you can also do custom maps and all this other stuff. So you can define these tiles uh, and do all the drawing. And so there's a cool examples of like Strava and like this Breath of the Wild one. But uh, MapSui is awesome. However, there is no really documentation. Documentation is samples um, <laughs> and asking questions on GitHub. But this is, think of it as the the .NET MAUI of maps because it supports everything. It supports Xamarin Forms, WPF, UWP, iOS, Android, Avalonia, Ito Forms, Uno, WinUI, everything. You can load up OpenStreetMaps, WMTS, TMS, WMS, and custom MB tiles, which are like offline formats, like in a SQLite database. Like it supports everything under the sun in a standard cross-platform uh, API that works on anything. So any of the code that I, this app is still a Xamarin Forms app, I could migrate to .NET MAUI and everything will be 100% because it's an abstraction on top of it, which is really cool. And um, I've, if my app was .NET MAUI, .NET MAUI supports geometries and all this drawing too, but you know, I just haven't updated my app yet. Um, 
because I just haven't had the time. It was holiday hack, update my app or release a really cool new feature and life decisions, Frank, you know, <laughs> it was out there. What do I do? Uh, this is impressive. It's, uh, I love to write cross-platform, but I don't often achieve the level of platforminess that maps. Okay, so on, on the website, it's on the readme, I should say. It says pronounced map su we. Map su we. Were you putting the, the we with a W? Oh, wow. It's like, it's like we, your, 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 your library, like we. Exactly. Maps. maps. <laughs> Very good for them. Where do you say Sue, that? Map we. su we. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Map. Sue, we like the Nintendo we. I love it. <laughs> got Mac, got Uno, WPF, got all the platforms. It goes on, and I was curious how they did their Maui, and uh, it, it they are just including their Xamarin Forms. So I guess that's a plus for being able to port a Forms component over to Maui pretty easily. Mm-hmm. They're using literally the same code. Yeah, it is, and their Xamarin Forms. Um, is like their number one package is like, you know, 60,000 some odd downloads. It's like, you know, pretty impressive. And I'm, I'm using the 4.0 beta. Uh, I would recommend that, but it is super duper neat. Uh, and what I've loved about it so far is that all the, the development team has been really responsive on my questions and, and doing stuff. But, you know, I just literally open it up and, you know, I followed the readme and I was like, boom, done. Uh, and you have the option um, to also use C sharp to like power some of the drawing stuff that they're doing. So that's also kind of cool too, that they have that all built in. So it uses ski sharp and all the drawing stuff and everything like that under the hood. So really, really cross platform. So anything that's going to support ski sharp can potentially support, um, this, but it has all the touch events, all the things inside of it, but it, it is a learning adventure. Their samples are super great, but nothing is hundred percent complete, which you know, maps are complicated, so I totally understand. And luckily, like you can pull down their samples and they have samples for everything. So they have samples for Xamarin Forms, for for Maui, for Uno, for like the WPF, like just I like standalone. Like if you one of the platforms, like they have a sample for it and all the code is shared between all of the platforms. So there's a common, you know, a common base and, and you can do any sorts of things. It's really neat. Um, and this had me down this path. Now, one thing it doesn't do is it doesn't take a GeoJSON file and display it, which would have been cool. <laughs> you have to, I had to convert the the features from the converter into their type. So it's kind of like a lot of duplication of code. But at the same time, I'm actually doing a lot of customization for certain things in the application um, for different touch events and different highlighting when I tap on different elements. So it's not a lot of code. But I would say overall, oh, let me look at my, my code. I can send you my Well, I, I was going to say, um, they do have ArcGIS support, which is a classic format mm. for doing all this kind of stuff. You should uh, contribute your GeoJSON parser back to the library. I'm sure they would appreciate it. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be so bad uh, to do, I don't think. And actually, there's some comments on GitHub about that and like supporting that in because it would be really nice. Honestly, I have for the entire map application, all the business logic, everything it's under, I'm going to remove all, I have a lot of usings up there, but if I remove no, that, it counts 400 lines, we're going to call it 400 lines of code, the, the usings count, <laughs> the usings counts. And where is that Frank? Uh, where's that code, Frank? 
what do you mean? Where's that code? It's all in the XAML code behind. Oh, yeah, it is. Because you know why? Because that's where it belongs. Um, and it was so Couldn't fun make a view model. You just refuse to make a view model. So funnily enough, I do have a view model for like is busy and is not busy and things like that. But beyond <laughs> that, um, everything is in here because everything's UI. Everything is 100% UI. It, and it doesn't make any sense to put in a view model. And everything's in on appearing. I love it. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. OK. Uh, I mean, we've said it on this podcast before, if you don't have to over-engineer, don't over-engineer. So I'll go with you, but it is a fair amount of code. I probably would have extracted it into at least something called like map loader or something. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I'm just sad because it's harder to share this now <laughs> with, that yes. other li- with the library. But maybe someday we'll get you to refactor it. But overall, I, d- I don't mind it being in the... At least it's not like <laughs> in the XAML itself, like you're doing like weird binding and... Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Good job. <laughs> yeah. My my XAML is very short. It's very to the point. It's like a map and it has like a few overlays on it. And I've tweeted out a few photos of it. And I'm like, I've gotten it really far in a very short amount of time. Uh, and this also includes all my geolocation code, too. So actually getting and tapping into geolocation and doing geolocation updates, all that code is in here, too. So actually, if you look at this code, the on appearing starts at 136. And it ends at 265. And that is pretty much all of the drawing code. It's like 120 lines of code. And that's about it. And it's not pretty code either. Uh, no error handling, but I'm assuming this uh, geo, you're, you're, you're in control of the GeoJSON file. So you don't it have any Im- error handling because you know the file's correct. <laughs> yes, it is embedded into the application. So it loads up from it. And that was kind of debatable because Ideally, I have to deserialize this JSON. Like I could just hard code the values into here and put it into a blob and do something or spin it all up, but it's going to enable me to iterate on that, um, iterate on that, uh, you know, later on if I want to change colors or do so, I just change the file and the application like responds to it. I see you only handle points and multi line strings. I believe that's two out of eight yep. <laughs> different geometries that they support. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out because when we were talking about this, I just ran into geojson.io. Have you tried that one? I did. That was the very first one I did. Uh, and um, that was the first that was the first one that I used, the NuGet package, right? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, this is actually a website. Oh. HTTPS colon whack whack <laughs> geojson.io. Oh. No. Uh, just for doing quick previews. So you could just paste in your thing and just get a quick preview to make sure that you're actually rendering it correctly. Just oh. a little validation thing. Gosh. That is so cool. What I'll do is I'm going to give you this. Like, I'm going to do stuff in real time, people. If you don't know this, this is how Frank and I roll. I'm going to give you a sausage is made. (laughs) I'm going to give you a secret gist of the the JSON. It's all in one minified JSON. So you can take that in raw. I like how much you do with just files. (laughs) You just (sighs) Just post it all, you know? Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. This is like so neat. Now, this is cool because what I just did, this uses Mapbox and OpenStreetMaps. And this is pretty cool because if you if you look at what this this geojson.io does, it, get, it you click on stuff and it'll show you like the features and it'll show you different points on a map. And 
what's neat about this is I've embedded into some of the the different um, geometries, like lines, the name, the color of the line, the subtitle, and the description. So I can add these rows and these properties uh, inside of it, which is nice because there's different difficulties on route. So this is just taking it. And that's a cool part about GeoJSON is the property bucket. I think that the GeoJSON property bucket, which I know that's what JSON is, but it's a magical bucket that you can just like throw and there can be optionals. Like there's literally a method called like low or like try get optional property. Cause like who knows if it'll be in there, um, yeah. which is neat. And it'll just return that. And like you cast it to whatever you want and just it's, to me, it feels like just old school coding for fun, just like going for it. So there is there is a point in time where there is these multi lines, um, multi line strings. So I added color one and color two. <laughs> and then based on those, because it's, it's in one feature and I need to know what color to put in there. So there's two different colors. Can I I, can I do a feature request? Yeah. If you uh, if you use a more standard name for the color element, it turns out the standard name is not color. The standard name is stroke. Hmm. So if you use stroke instead of color in your crazy property, that's the problem with property bags. <laughs> you don't know if you're using the correct name or not. Uh, but if you use stroke instead of color, it'll actually render automatically in the oh, uh, geojson.io. Gosh, I see that now. Oh, and there's stroke width and stroke opacity. Yep. Wow. So that's the pros and cons of property bags. <laughs> but uh, I mean, there are schemas for JSON, right? Like I see VS Code uh, somehow figures out schemas for different JSON files based on file name and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel a little bit uh, ignorant right now because there's probably a bunch of people shouting into the podcast uh, <laughs> stating all the ways you can define JSON schemas. And there probably is a schema for this GeoJSON too, but it's a good thing. You, you found that library that handles all that for you. Yes. But use stroke instead of color. <laughs> yeah. There's like geojson.org. And then there is a, um, there's like a GeoJSON like official thing. So I bet it's actually there's a if I read the standard, we, we were talking about Bluetooth so long ago and it was like, this is a standard and you like if you code to the standard, you know, then that's a thing. But who yeah. does that? I know. I mean, I do try to read the manual, but it's more like I read the introduction and then I get coding. So, yeah, <laughs> but this, uh, this is fun. I'm actually looking at your map. These are all ski trails. This is all uh, going to be in an update to your app or something. Yep. It's going to be in an update to my ski app. Um, and I've been testing it. I went out skiing this weekend and it totally worked as expected. Um, mostly just had to do a small, a few small tweaks here and there, but yeah, this is where I ski at. All those trails are different skiing paths and, uh, all the points are either like markers, uh, or you'll see like a name is like 16. It's a trail marker. Sometimes there's shelters or things like that. But yeah, they're all they're all on there. Uh, Can I put another feature request in? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was doing this. I like making driving apps too. That's that's what my mapping addiction has turned into. I, I like to write driving assistance apps. And one thing I I really wanted and got into one of my apps was I colored turns based on how uh, how how steep a turn is, and so mm. you can like draw your thing where you start doing a hard curve or something as red, and then the straight areas is green, things like that. 
so people can get a rough idea of how twisty and turny all the slopes are. Anyway, aren't maps fun? I, I could style maps all day long. I honestly, that's been my week mostly. I've been styling little markers, like how thick do I want the lines? Like what's the, you know, how do I, you know, tap on something and display information? It's all of the thing visible, you know, do I want them to be able to, you know, you can like limit where, you know, um, you know, how far off you want the map to be zoom outable or zoom inable. There's, um, I, I have like a little, <clears throat> so that the trails, there's four different difficulties. There's easiest, more difficult, most, and then ungroomed. Mm-hmm. And I was going back and forth. And even with Heather, I said, well, how do we want to display this information? I said, do I, you know, there's two ways to display it. One is you can, you can display them based on the trail name. So you could say, Hey, every trail is different, which means every trail gets a different color, or you can have them displayed, uh, based on the difficulty, right? So basically every line will be one of four colors. And we were, we were playing, playing it out in our mind and saying, okay, well, how would we use this in person and for a new person xyz what's the most beneficial so my map is is only four colors because we believe that if you're out skiing and you're at an intersection if you're a beginner you want to stay towards the green because that's the easiest so you're most you don't necessarily care about the name of the trail because it's not yeah. posted every it is posted usually but not always you're more interested in I want to go to the thing that I'm not going to fall on. Right. But I do like your thing, which is like, there are some curves that are thicker and it'd be cool to like color those in a specific area or what the thing that I'm really missing of that I'd really love to put on here. And this might be my thing is putting on, um, elevations just in general. Yeah. Because then not only can you mark curves, you can mark, uh, speedways, <laughs> mm-hmm. fast downhill parts, things like that. Oh yeah. Uh, but I agree. Uh, so uh, just to be clear, you, you ended up coloring them based on difficulty, difficulty. Yep. Yeah. That's smart. I think that's smart. Cause, uh, I know the first day I learned to ski, I started on the bunny hill. I thought that was fine. Then I did the green hills. I thought those were fine. And then my friends got me on the blue hills. And I think I was going 80 miles an hour straight <laughs> down that hill. <laughs> so I would have appreciated uh, knowing blue versus green and all that kind of stuff. So I, I dig it. I dig it. Do they have uh, lifts? I'm noticing I can't tell if there are any lifts on here. Like, Do I know how to get back to the lift? So it's all cross-country skiing, so no lifts. So oh. cross-country Nordic-style skiing. Uh, so, so no, no lifts here, which is, which is nice. So this is, uh, so we do Nordic cross country ski and there's two different, there's, there's two different types of that. There's skate ski and then there's Nordic, which is Nordic is like in the grooves. It, so it's grooming. So they're groomed trails and you stay in the lanes. That's what I like. And then some people skate, which is on the same track, but not in the tracks on the side of the tracks and they skate down, skate across. But usually there's some hills that are going and there is some downhill, but it's not about downhill. It's more of, I like to call it running in place, but you're moving and gliding, you know, you're gliding on these skates compared to normal downhill skiing, which is up the mountain. So that's further up the mountain. We're not quite uh, on mountain esque region yet. (laughs) 
I've never done the one with grooves. When we were kids in high school, they would force us to <laughs> do all that kind of stuff. But we we always felt like we were cutting through fresh snow, or at least that's the way it felt. But uh, it's it sounds delightful if there's cutout grooves in the ground for me. Way better on my knees and my ankles. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's much more chill. So yeah, this is kind of like the final piece to the puzzle. So I'm really excited about it. And I don't know, just sort of a weird journey to go on, like learning about this JSON and learning about like parsing of it. And then, you know, a lot of it is you're right, like maps. There's a few things that are fun. We've talked about in the podcast and in flying drones. That's fun. (laughs) Uh, I I, I can't argue with you. (laughs) That's what was the last thing that we said was was super fun. Um, Oh, that was your list. I can't remember your list. I I will say I I, want to help you get. uh, elevations for all this kind of stuff, because I think that would be fun data. And the U.S. government provides a pretty, pretty detailed elevation data. So it's really easy to get at. Anyway, yeah, offering my services. I want and the nice thing is that that's data. just like another point that I can display on the map. Boom. You know, <laughs> it's kind of wild. Yeah. Uh, and then drawing on maps is super fun because, yeah, you know, when I thought about doing maps, a lot of people always come like, oh, how do I create like an Uber clone? And I'm like drawing on a map and I'm doing this thing. And, and we had a, a a map app myself, Mike James, Pierce all worked on this, like my driving app where we actually did that in a, in a Xamarin app. And that was the last time I messed around with with maps, but it was just kind of drawing just simple you know, we had the geolocations and you could, you could connect them together in the, in the API, but I wasn't, you know, drawing points and I wasn't drawing, you know, these, you know, leading from a JSON file and you start tweaking it and then you start using it and you're like, okay, well, I'm out and about, and I'm doing this. And like, you're, you know, you're starting to come up with ideas. Oh, what about the difficulty and about this? And there's all these cool representations on a map and maps are just really cool visual data. I, it's just an interesting thing. Like I never thought that I'd be doing maps in my life. And yet here I am. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. Totes. Can I, can I brag about the last map I wrote? Sure. It was actually on Twitch. Uh, yeah. Seattle has lots of traffic cameras that are publicly available. And I was reverse projecting the cameras onto a 3D map. Ooh. Which gave you a live rendering of the world. You know, like I remember when Google Earth first came out, it was incredibly impressive. No, no doubt there. But you're always wondering, like, how old is this photo? How old is this or that? But if you're doing live traffic camera data, <laughs> then <laughs> you know exactly how old it is, a few seconds. And so I, I thought those were super cool maps. It ended up, like all things I attempt, to be a little bit harder than I thought. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't quite finish it. But I do want to get back to it because I thought it was some pretty cool tech. Anyway, I just I could talk about maps all day. Yeah. All day maps, I think is neat. And then it was funny because I had done some kind of to your point earlier about um, the different platforms. I was uh, doing some demos of .NET 7 with .NET MAUI. And a few people had asked me about drawing on maps and doing all this other stuff. And I was like, to be honest, like, I don't know. Like, I, I know that there's an API to do it because I saw some blog posts. And I was like, I, I don't I don't know. And the reason I don't know is because you kind of have to know the world of mapping um, formats with these features and these geometries that they have because that's how maps are drawn. And it's really funny because when I was looking at the APIs for Don and Maui, they had geometries and I was like, I don't know what that means. 
And now I understand what it means because I took a look and understood GeoJSON. So here's my tip, my key takeaway, go to the GeoJSON Wikipedia page. I think it's a great page. It's better than a lot of the other GeoJSON stuff out there, but it has great examples of exactly what the different types of things are, what you would draw. Uh, and if you're looking to get started, this would be like the, the best point to get started with because a lot of this data formats of what you would be representing is going to be uh, these types of geometries. And that's what the, the API and .NET MAUI is or map SUI uh, at the same <laughs> time. Yeah. Cool, cool. And thanks for introducing me to map SUI. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. a super cool library. Can yeah. I just just because you bragged about this awesome format, can I tell you the worst uh, geometry format for doing Earth stuff? There's a yes. format called GeoTIFF. And do you know TIFF files? They're usually image files. Do you remember I do, those? and they're one of the most hacked file formats in the world because yep. I worked at Canon, and I know all about those good old TIFFs. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So you know then that you can pretty much put any data into them. Yes. And for some reason, <laughs> the U.S. government likes to serve out GeoTIFFs. And so I'm like, oh, gosh, why, why don't they adopt uh, Geo, uh, GeoJSON? But that's the world. File formats, at least. I think there's new gets out there to help you out. Yeah, there is um there's a file format that um similar to GeoTIFFs, there are geo PDFs. Oh boy. And you can, there's an app oh. called uh, a Venza app, Venza Maps, in which it's offline maps, but you you load up PDFs basically into the in, in this you're going to love this it supports geo geospatial pdfs geo pdfs and geotiffs this is oh. your app you, you it's like this <laughs> is made for you now what is it is it a library no it's an app it's okay an app. so you can just mm -hmm. load up this data and view yes it. great it's a viewer it up. yeah but it's again mapping is wild because there's all these different crazy formats of things because like you know maps have been around for a while and not everything was digital. So I could understand where like these things started like, I want to load more data, right? It's like, oh, we have a PDF format. Let's put this thing in here. And then mm -hmm. yeah, there's all these legacy maps of days of yore. Yeah. I'm trying to buy this app. How much do you think it costs? Let's find $20. out. $20. Ooh, it's free with in-app purchases. Oh, we Impressive. can see the in-app purchases. Whoa. $30. Well, there's Avenza Maps Plus, $30. Avenza Maps Pro, $145. Maps. Okay. Going for, I don't know the, what the, uh, pro going for is. the pro market here. Oh, I'm going to go pro. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. There is a pro compare subscription tiers. Whoa. I'll tell you, they have an enterprise pricing for, again, maps. Who would have thunk? Amazing. Making some money on those maps. Not only are they fun, but you can make some money. <laughs> you can make tons of money off of it. That's really cool. Um, anyways, maps. That's what I know about maps. That's as far as I've gone. 40 minutes of maps of where I'm at today. And I'm going to be getting this app out, this app update out. I'm very excited. And it just kind of worked. And well, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy that you fell down a rabbit hole and we talked about it because next time I fall down a rabbit hole, we can just talk about that too. Yeah. How do you feel that the one question I have for you is how do you feel about not using Google and Apple maps? Cause like this is using open street maps. 
Um, and I, I thought about like, oh, I should really use the native native maps at the end of the day. How do you feel about this? I, you know, I, I was just saying Apple Maps is amazing, but that's only in the Apple Maps app. When you mm. host Maple Apps in your app, sorry, <laughs> funny words there. When you host Apple Maps in your app, then they give you kind of a dumbed down version of the renderer. And so I don't appreciate that. Like they mm. still limit you to 2D geometry and not 3D geometry. I would love to be able to put 3D geometry into their 3D maps and things like that. So to that end, I prefer to write my own 3D <laughs> maps and do it myself because that's what it takes. And I, I really don't mind doing that. I think it's uh, fun. And maybe maybe that's why I never actually release those apps, though, because it is still a lot of work. So, hey, if you're trying to get it done, use the built-in one. If you're trying to have fun, write your own map. It's great. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm about it. I, I do think in this context where it's a ski map, it makes a lot of sense because there's a bunch of the topography. We didn't even talk about topo JSON, by the way. I don't know if you know about that. <laughs> topography JSON. Do you know about that? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, so that's what I, for topography files, that's where I use the GeoTIFFs. So it doesn't surprise mm. me that there's a topo JSON too. Topography. Yeah. This stuff, it's a, it's a rabbit hole is what I'm saying at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's neat, you know, you know, we could honestly get Morton on from Esri, you know, yeah. ArcGIS and uh, talk about that. I had him on one of the Xamarin shows a long time ago. I don't think I understood any, any of the stuff that he was talking about. Now I do. I'm starting to get into it. And, you know, maps are very, very, very fascinating. Yeah. Well, that's fun. I'm, I'm glad you fell down that rabbit hole. Yes. Um, and my holiday hack is over, Frank. The holiday just began, but it is uh, finished. I did it. It's finished. You're it's done. I'm done. <laughs> okay. It. Well, Ship it. I can keep. I can keep doing stuff like adding, you know, elevations and other. I could do it for days. I think. I, I think I did it. I think I did it, Frank. I'm very proud of myself. Toggle switches. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to see when that 400 line file turns into a thousand lines, and you start considering refactoring it. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's true. Yeah, more you add. Yeah, it gets crazy. I did use, there is a lot of usage in my in my source code. I'll put a link to my source code because it's not like it's private repo, but this is like just public. You could, I'll put it in here. Um, map XAML CS. Uh, the cool part about this is that they do add a bunch of stuff for you, like scale bars and the zooming in and zooming out. It's all handled for you automatically. Yeah. Um, but inside of this, I... I do have some nice unit converters. So I have like use metric and use imperial. So it's pretty cool. I'm doing a pretty good job. Nice. Now I do have some. Why would anyone in Oregon use metric? Maybe you're visiting from <laughs> okay. out of town, Frank. Okay. Fair. Fair. Downloading you the got maps. me. Maybe you're a runner and you only like kilometers for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, well, surprisingly, there wasn't a lot of standardization, a lot of the maps and a lot of some, some things were in Imperial and metric. I said, I'm going to do this correct. I'm going to have, you know, flip, flip and flop around. But you can see, I actually have a pretty good usage of local functions in this code. I'm a big fan of local functions. They're super cool. I even have a local function. <laughs> in the constructor I was like local functions four days i don't know it just is super helpful so all day local functions um good stuff Ooh, and i will say this final note here i've been using github copilot and we talked about this before 
It's too good. It's just too good. The whole thing's See, too good. It's too good. That, that's why all the code's in one file. It just kept generating code for you, didn't you? And you're just like, tab, tab, tab. Yes. Keep parsing, buddy. <laughs> there, was, there was, it wrote, it wrote like a, the entirety of my geolocation code. It just was like, here, See? you're done. And I was like, shut up, stop it. And I'm not saying like two or three lines of code. The biggest block at one point, it wrote 15 lines of code and it was perfect. And I was just like, I hate you. It was just amazing. And then I was like, I love you. That was the thing that was also so much fun. It's like this, it's it just, it's so good. I'm just like, stop being so good. I can't, I know you said once you have it, you can't unhave it. You know, you can't live yeah. without it. And it's going to be really hard for me. Like, it's like really good. Yep. Yep. That's why every project I open in like any IDE, I also have open in VS code just so Copilot can help me out when I need it. Nice. Oh. Um, okay. All well, right. Let's wrap maybe, it up. Maybe Copilot will help you refactor sometime. Oh, man. I'll, you know, I yeah, probably. Okay. Yep. I'm, I'll stop making fun of you. Great job. I'm gonna this this code is gonna be three. No, I'm just gonna leave it as it. That's fine. There's nothing fine. wrong with this code, Frank. It's great. It is perfect. Yeah. You know, I do I do personally believe that if you are really, really, you know, manipulating the code, UI, it's okay. It's okay to put it in. There's nothing wrong with that. Sounds great. All right. Let me know what you think. Are you drawing maps? Are you doing fun stuff? Let me know what uh, you've been building. I'm sure Frank and I would love it. We love maps. And if you're building maps, let us know. Um, go over to mergeconflict.fm. There's a bunch of stuff over there, all the past podcasts. Um, what are you ha hacking on the holidays? I know what Frank is. You can follow him at twitch.tv forward slash Frank Kruger. I watched him today work on a bunch of IoT cool thermostat stuff. And I'm intrigued because him and I were drinking some delectable Oregon wine, Washington mm -hmm. wine. Pacific Northwest wine uh, with Heather. And we talked about the thing that you're building and is so unbelievably cool. We will have to get into that next week. But until then, this has been another Merge Conflict. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.